You're listening to Shooting Hoops with your hosts, Dia Miller and Adam Drexler. Welcome back to Shooting Hoops, a podcast about basketball and the Portland Trailblazers. I'm your host, Dia Miller. I am here with my co-host, Adam Drexler. This is episode 11, 11 episodes in. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on um, Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. And if you're listening on podcast platforms, you I am going to say you're missing out a little bit because, you know, the video gets a little wild. Sometimes Adam wears a jacket. Um, you get to see, you know, just little bits and pieces of things. Um, but wherever you're listening, we would really appreciate if you would subscribe, um, you know, like share, leave us a rating unless you don't like us and then just please don't, um, all that good stuff. That's how we, you know, we keep this going. So thank you for being here with us, Adam. How are you? I am good. Um, Today has been an interesting day. Um, really? Yeah, really. Um, you know, not interesting for me, but oh. <laughs> rather interesting for NBA history. In the yes. fact that as of recording this right now, LeBron James has officially passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in scoring in the NBA. Yeah. So we are recording this on, what is today, Tuesday? Tuesday night. Yeah, Tuesday night. And the Lakers are current. I think they, I don't think it's over. I think the game's still going yeah, there. Still fourth quarter. They are currently playing the Oklahoma City Thunder, and LeBron James has passed Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Did you watch it happen? Um, no, I watched a clip. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I I have I didn't watch the whole game, but I when I started seeing people talking about okay, it's getting close, then I turned it on to to see it happen. And um, man, he was on fire tonight. He was a man on a mission. Yeah, he wore the headband, so we all knew <laughs> what was, was going to happen. Yeah, um, I mean, he, he had his family and friends there. I, I think it's one of those things where there was so much hype built up that it would have been, it would have kind of sucked if he wouldn't have done it tonight because then all this hype is built up. There's like, I think they saw something like 200 media members that were there, like media credentials that were handed out for this game, which for those of you who don't realize, that is very high like it, it usually is not nearly that and they're very limiting with with who they will credential for games and to give out that many is yeah it, it's a lot um the celebrities yeah. were out you know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was there um yeah was, I think that was definitely an impressive game I know Thunder fans were not happy that their ticket prices rose to a thousand right. plus dollars but yeah yeah I mean anytime you can witness nba history I right. think line up to see that yeah it looked like a packed house and i know i saw um the other day when i was at the studio shooting they were talking about it and they had a graphic up there of like the ticket prices for the games surrounding this and i think the average price for this game was up over a thousand dollars which is wild yeah that's i mean i pay like eight dollars to go watch the clippers play all the time and so a ticket that's like a normally an $8, you know, or for Lakers, I think it's more like probably $50, but still yeah. that's like up over a thousand dollars. That's. Yeah. Not the type yeah. of thing you bring, you know, a casual, not basketball fan to. Right. Right. So, <laughs> let's right. hope that everyone there, you know, appreciates what yeah. they saw. 
Yeah, I can only no. imagine those those courtside seats and like those close seats. Those man, those yeah, yeah. must have been just wild, wild. Hmm. Well, the you know we don't normally talk fondly about the Lakers on this show, but regardless <laughs> of how you feel about LeBron or about the Lakers, you know to get to see that kind of history happening, you know the the record originally was was set back in I think they said in '84. I want to say so. It's been a lot of years. It's been 38 years since that record was set. That's yeah, I'm not I don't know if we'll see somebody come out and beat this again. I mean, maybe it's possible. Um, yeah, I think you know, way, way down the line in the future, the NBA will probably have some kind of four-point shot and we'll see somebody True. else break the record. True. I mean, if you got to think about it, Kareem did that without shooting threes. Which is and, even more wild. Yeah, that's insane to think that you lead the league in a three-dominated era of this current yeah. iteration of basketball that we that we were witnessing. LeBron James is kind of transitioned between those kind of eras. Yeah. Not hand checking, yeah. but he was in the league when threes were not that prominent, and now the threes are dominating the game. And yeah. LeBron is, you know, he's adjusted. He's always, yeah, he's adjusted, and he's people don't really talk about his scoring. He's someone who really is known more for his passing and just making his teammates better or, you know, getting his teammates involved. And he's now the greatest scorer in the game. So, yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild. I mean, to do that, you either have to be scoring at such a high rate or you have to be you have to have some longevity. And I think, you know, LeBron has done that. And I I don't know that we'll see players do that long term, you know, maybe here and there. But you're right. As they you know, as the game continues to evolve, um, we may see that that be broken. It's interesting because I think I heard something say that the closest person to LeBron right now is like 10,000 points back or something like that. So it's not like there's anyone even close. You know, I I don't think we're going to see anybody currently come close to. Yeah, it's it's also kind of insane that no one in the media talked about Russell Westbrook passing Gary Payton (laughs) in assists. Yeah, that's true. uh, Flowers to him as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Russell Westbrook's such an interesting player because I feel like, one, he's so hot and cold and so unpredictable, and he's kind of in this weird place where, like, he's not at his peak anymore, and he's still on this huge contract, and so people don't really know what to do with him, but he's still breaking records, and he's still yeah. doing, like, I didn't he just break another record not that long ago, too, or was it the same one he just passed somebody else, maybe? I think so. Okay, um... yeah. But yeah, he's he's an interesting person because I mean, I think for the most part, a lot of people don't look at him and and think that he's this you know very impressive player. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, everywhere he's gone except for the Lakers, he's kind of been a winner. So yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people overlook it, and then you have players like Carmelo Anthony, who was extremely impressive, and then like he changed teams, and all of a sudden he just Space Jam lost his talent, which is is weird that the media kind of runs with these headlines. But I mean, it's something where I I appreciate Westbrook's game. It's fun to watch. And he's just he has fun out there, which makes me enjoy watching him. 
he's definitely a character. Like I will never forget the time that he airballed a free throw and then looked around like who shot that? Like he didn't, <laughs> it was, it was, it was entertaining. So this is not a Lakers podcast, contrary to our current conversation. Let's talk about the Blazers. Yes. Um, we are, we are coming up on the all-star break here, which is, you know, kind of the midway point, although we're already past midway as far as games go. Um, the Blazers are currently 11th in the West. We've fluctuated up and down a couple spots, you know, over the last couple weeks. We've been up, I think, as as high as like 9 and 10, and now we're back down to 11. Um, we are 26 and 28, so not quite 500 record, although, again, we were at one point uh, back to 500. Um, but the West is still really, really close. You know, you, you look up at, at – the number five spot and we're only a couple games back from that. Um, so it's still really, really competitive. The West um, it's kind of anybody's game at this point still. Yeah. I think there's, there's only like one team really that's kind of broken ahead of the pack and that's Denver. Everyone else it's yeah. fair game. Uh, those numbers are bound to fluctuate. Even Denver can slip yeah. up and, and, and find their way down, you know, in the latter half. So yeah. I like to see it. I kind of like that competitiveness mm -hmm. uh, that the standings are bringing to where any team can really, you know, pay their own yeah. destiny, unless you're the Rockets. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I guess they're tanking the, the number one pick. But, um, I, yeah, it's all the other teams, it's, it's like it's a very close race, and everyone's really – like, you, you can't say that you know, people don't have a chance. And I think people look at Portland and they say, okay, 11th, that's not good. Yeah. But it's like, we're not out of the race at no. all by any means. No, we're not at all. games away from fifth. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think too, you know, I mean, I, I say this year after year, after year, after year, after year, that once you get into the playoffs, it doesn't matter anymore. You're essentially starting over. Your wins and losses don't matter once you're there, you're there. Obviously, there's things like home court advantage and who you're matched up against and all that stuff. But mm -hmm. ultimately, you you fresh start. Your wins and losses don't matter anymore. So, uh, you know, I, I have no doubt that we will at least be in the play-in. And, and Portland has, you know, had good luck with the play-in, which is a whole other thing. I still hate that rule change. I still hate the play-in. Um, yeah, but I think there's got to be some kind of, like – number that's close to make it to the play-in i think it's like the, the gap between like some of the teams that make it to the play-in and some of the teams that have to play in the play-in are insane yeah. I, my thing is and i I've, i think i've said this every year since the play-in has been a thing but my thing is like you fight all year long to be in the top eight like yeah. so why is it that the guy in the 10th spot can come and take the eighth spot from you. And I get yeah. it. I get it's close. I get this makes it more competitive. I get it. I, I get all the reasons they give. I don't like the reasons they give. I think that the top eight teams should be the top eight teams. And that's yeah, that. Because the, the regular season is the play-in, in, right. in my opinion. Right, exactly. But no one asked us. what. Who do we talk to? To, to have people ask us about rules because honestly, <laughs> like, I feel like someone should. Yeah, yeah I think from, uh, from a business standpoint, I understand they, they yeah, want to give it. some of these smaller teams a, a chance to see some playoff action. But I mean, that's kind of what the but regular season even, is about. Then we don't even count it as playoffs. 
then people yeah. don't even count it like oh, it's the play and that's not the playoffs so really we're not even giving those teams anyway whatever this is a whole <laughs> ramp for a whole nother day when we get closer if we're not in the play-in <laughs> we don't have to have this ramp but if we are in the play-in we'll be i at least will be ranting about this in you know a couple months but we'll we'll give it a couple months of of, of break now if they said that the teams that make it to the play-in get the first picks in the draft then then that's a different story now see now everyone's gonna try yeah. to win honestly i we're going off on tangents tonight you're not <laughs> sticking to the script but whatever i would love to see some changes made as far as that's concerned because i hate when teams tank i hate it it's the same thing like with the load management where and, and i get that you know i think load management is another thing um rj richard jefferson uh did a whole thing about this about load management if you haven't seen it go look it up yeah it was on the um NBA Today show, and it was a really good uh, point. He made some really good points. But the load management thing, like, it's really frustrating if you go to a game to see a certain player and the player isn't playing because of load management. And I get it. I get that that's an important part of, you know, staying healthy, and I'm not being critical of that. But I really wish that teams would announce that ahead of time like look at the schedule ahead of the season and say like okay these are the back-to-backs we're going to sit guys out or whatever and allow fans to plan around that because i think about the kids especially that like come to see you know their favorite player and sometimes they travel and things like that and then they're not playing and that just sucks so much um so that's a whole other thing too (laughs) but (laughs) what got me onto this rant what started this rant Oh, oh, the draft, the draft picks. So for along the same lines, I hate when I hate when teams tank. Like I don't want to see my team lose, and I especially don't want to see them lose because they're not focused on winning or because the front office is. And I know it's not the players that are tanking. I, I get that it's the yeah. front office that's making those decisions and whatnot. But like, no, I don't want to see that. It sucks. We went through that last year as Blazers fans, and it was awful it was not fun so it would be really cool if they could change that rule somehow i like what you're saying like yeah i think it's just you you want teams to be competitive and a lot of teams when they find out that okay well we don't have the you know potential to make it deep into the playoffs they'll just just gonna ultimately they'll stop playing we saw with houston they had john wall yeah you know obviously the best player on the team at the time, the most experienced and the most proven, and they just decided, okay, well, we're gonna bench him and, and not right. play him. And it's tank. so frustrating. Kind of weird to do that because not one, it's the fans don't want to see that. No. But two, I mean, you're ruining someone's career. I mean, yeah. now teams are wondering if he can play or not, and right. he hasn't played in two years or so. Right. That that's well, that's a really tough place to be. I think about that with the Blazers last year. Like if, if we're going to talk about the Blazers, <laughs> we got to keep bringing it back. I think about that. I think about that with the Blazers though, last year. I mean, so like Dame could have played for part of the season and he, and he didn't. And I get that he was coming off a big injury and maybe that was the right choice for him. So I'm not mm-hmm. judging that, but I think specifically about Anthony Simons, Anthony Simons was in the running for most improved player last season. I really think he was kind of a front runner for that. I think he could have taken mm-hmm. it. And then all of a sudden he was benched. And from what I understand, he could have played the majority of the time that he was benched, but they, they benched him and they didn't let him play. And, and I know it was because of injury and, and whatever mm-hmm. else, but, but like they could have played him and they didn't. And my thing is like, not only are you taking away like what you're talking about, the John Wall situation, but like that, that took away from Ant's chance at 
at winning most improved player for the season. And now he's not in the running for that anymore. He obviously improved greatly last year. Like there's only so much room for that, like he to come out and do it again. And I, I feel for him with that. And I, I think about that a lot that, you know, when they sit players like that, it really impacts yeah. the players, the fans, the, it impacts a lot. And I hate to yeah, see in it. terms of sitting. I think that should be totally up to the player. Um, Obviously, these players got to where they are competing and wanting to play against the best. I mean, there are some special cases where players will not want to play or maybe they'll just try to, you know, there's some foul play there. But ultimately, these players, they're, they're in the league to play the, the sport of basketball. So I think if they want to play, there shouldn't be any any management behind them trying to stop them from playing. That's That's weird. But... Hopefully, um, well, right now it's kind of getting better because yeah, as we can see, I a agree. lot of these it teams is. are competitive now. So now a lot of teams are saying, okay, maybe, you know, there's a chance of our team getting to the playoffs and we'll try for that play-in spot. And I get, I get that the whole system of how, you know, the draft picks work and everything is essentially to keep the teams balanced and, and not let one team get way ahead of another one or whatever else. But also they still do like some teams have more resources. Some teams, that's the way you get these teams that have super teams that have, you know, two or three superstars on their team when a market like Portland can't necessarily get two or three superstars on their team. So you're still having unbalanced teams. It's not solving that. And I think about this where it's like, what if you like, it should be kind of a reward, like you should get rewarded. And maybe it's not I mean, it doesn't really make sense to give the best team the first draft pick, obviously. But like, I love the idea of what you're talking about with the play in where like that keeps it competitive, because now like you don't want to you don't want to fall into the play in from the playoffs. So you're not going to have teams doing that on purpose, but you want to get to that point. So you're pushing and you're trying to get into that play and i love that idea i think that's brilliant mm. so again who why isn't anybody asking us <laughs> you know people adam come on <laughs> yeah let me just give uh give adam silver a call and, and get this done <laughs> oh man uh for the record i don't think adam can actually i don't think adam drexler you can actually <laughs> yeah. do that just for <laughs> sorry who are you <laughs> Just for anyone listening to that, thinking that we're serious. Um, okay, so another thing we have to talk about. Whoops, let's switch this. Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard. He is named Western Conference Player of the Week once again, two weeks in a row. I feel like that. Now, wasn't Giannis also two weeks in a row? Weren't they both? Back to, I think the East doesn't back. count. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't count. Fair, fair. Okay, there's, Damian Lillard. <laughs> there's what, like two, two superstars in the, in the East? All right, that's fair. That's fair. Oh, three, four, actually. Still, it's just like they, there's a small pool of players that they get to pick from. Right, I mean, right, right. the West, you got every Everybody. team is good. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, except the Rockets. Um, and the Spurs are struggling a little too. Oh, forgot, forgot about the Spurs. They, they were the I think everybody boat. did. Everybody forgot they about They tried the Spurs. at the beginning of the season. They at least <laughs> tried. They were winning at first. Yeah. Then... 
Oh, so Dame is is once again named Western Conference Player of the Week. Uh, I love to see, obviously, we all love to see this, but I love to see this especially because there was so much talk going into this season coming off of his injury. The fact that he's, you know, he's getting, he's a year older, obviously. There was so much talk about, is he going to live up to what he, you know, how he played before? Is he going to be as good as he was? And, and there's all these people really kind of doubting that. And so I love to see this. I love to see him just coming out and, and completely flattening everybody's expectations. And I don't think that came out right. Not flattening yeah. them, running, steamrolling no, I mean, them, it, running it, them it, over. Thought that Damian Lillard wasn't going to be able to play anymore. It's silly. And <laughs> I'm just like, he's a superstar for a reason. He's been a superstar yeah. for years. Um, Injuries happen, but I mean, one mistake people make is people think that if you get injured, you just all of a sudden lose your ability to play. Yeah. Like real superstars, they find a way to get it done. We've seen that with players all throughout history. Dominique Wilkins tore his Achilles and came back as a better player. Kevin Durant tore his Achilles, came back as a better player. Yeah. I mean, superstars find a way to get it done. And in Damian Lillard's case, um, he's a gamer and he's out there you know, showing everybody night in and night yeah. out that he's, he belongs in the top, you know, bracket of point guards right now. Yep. Absolutely. He does. He's, he's just really, really exceeding expectations in my opinion. And I, I, I hope that there's more talk about him going forward because there should be, he's doing really, really big things. I, I, we're going to, well, well, uh, We lost my mic. Uh, we're back. We're back. We're back. Uh, this week, he had a shot that was just absolutely insane. And once again, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, we're going to throw it up here real quick. If you're not, you can listen to it. Um, but Kerr averages 17 a game. They're being very conservative, of course, with his minutes. So Dame stepped over Dame half court. No one open. Time running down. 11 on the shot clock. Drills a three. What is that? Two strides past midcourt. Nothing but net. Wait, wait, wait a minute. His first three of the night. That was a loud one. Uh, yeah, we're not going to act like that was normal. Okay, so, so we're not going to act like that was normal. Absolutely. So if you're listening on the podcast, um, what happened was Dame basically took two steps past the half court line picked up his dribble. So he was kind of frozen there and no one came. The The team just left him there, uh, which is a whole nother conversation, but he just shot, he shot it. No Nobody, one's going to get open. Then. Yeah. No one's getting open. Nobody's coming to him. He's not, there really wasn't anybody on him because he's yeah. at half court, which they should know better. And he, he shoots it and it just was a beautiful swish of a shot. It just, and it looked so effortless. And it's he walked down the court like it was just you yeah. know, another day. Like he, like he just was practicing just and putting up mid-range with 11 seconds on the shot clock. In, yeah, that's the other thing. That's the other thing is, is he had so much time, but he just, it's like he pulled, he, he stopped after at half court and, and, and no one just, they just left him there. So he just shot it. Oh yeah. man. I like so that. Good. I, I think Damian Lillard showing that, Hey, 
I'm still gonna get it done. Yeah. <laughs> like you're you're not gonna play. Okay, I'll play for all of us. <laughs> if, if no one's gonna get open, I'm I'm a huge fan of that. I'm yeah. I'm of that same mindset. All right, if you're not gonna get open, right. then you leave me no choice. You're not gonna get the ball. Yep. Here we are. Better to do that than yeah. Better than, than, than to turn it over. Turn it now over. now yeah. I get a turnover. Right. Right. I'm, at least I can shoot it. Get a field goal yeah. attempt. Yeah. Oh, Damian Lillard. Okay, so if um moving wow, let's try to talk English here. Um so with that, it kind of leads us right into our next thing here with the All-Stars. Whoops, I'm struggling today with this. So the All-Stars were announced. Um we already knew the the starters, but the All-Star reserves were announced and Damian Lillard is on that list. Um so Currently, the starters are Giannis, Steph Curry, Luca, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, uh, Jokic, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, and Zion. Um, now, granted, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry both have uh, been injured and are not going to be playing, so they'll be replaced. Um, the reserves, Bam Adebayo, Jalen Brown, DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid, Paul George Shy, uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Drew Holiday, Jaron Jackson Jr., Damian Lillard. Um, okay, this I always pronounce his name wrong. It's not Lori. It's Lowry. Is it Lowry Markinen? Lowry? I, I got no I, chance. I know <laughs> I'm saying it wrong. I know I'm saying it wrong. I heard it I said on the- Lori, Lori. I thought it was Lori, and then I heard it Lori said on the Markinen. broadcast the other day, and it and they pronounce it differently. Lowry. But Markinen, sorry, I I pronounced it wrong. Ja Morant, Julius Randle, and Sabonis, Demontis Sabonis. Um, so it, it brings us to an interesting conversation because with Steph Curry and Kevin Durant both out as starters, they're going to have to be replaced. And I thought that this was a really interesting point. These tweets come from Casey Hodal, who is the Trailblazers uh, beat writer, and he says um, it, he quotes his own tweet about Damian Lillard having back-to-back -back Player of the Weeks, and he says all the more reason why he should replace Curry as an All-Star starter. Dame has been no worse than the third best point guard in the league this season. He's stylistically closest to Curry. He's a longtime vet who's played with just one team. He's about the right things, and he hasn't been dot 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 in the news, like some of the other options. Hmm. I also imagine if given the choice, Curry would select Lillard as his replacement. So what do you think about this, Adam? Um, Yeah. As, as a Blazers fan myself, I obviously Damian Lillard's putting up amazing numbers. He's broken a record. He's having a historic season. Um, But in terms of how the, league is thinking how the rest of the world is thinking everyone's probably thinking that John Morant should get that spot just because of where he is in the standings but to me it's a very close race and you look at kind of what these teams have and they're in similar situations John Morant is the best player on a team with some really good role players around him Damian Lillard is on a team with some really good role players around him and he's the best player on his team. So there's similar situations and you really can't go wrong with either one, but Damian Lillard right now is having a crazy run. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's helping his case for sure. Well, and I, I mean, I know they're not thinking about this, but I also think like Dame probably has less opportunity for this for the rest of his career. You know, John Morant's what, 23, 24, yeah. something like that. He's so young. He's still got so much time. 
Um, and I know that they're not taking that into account, but whatever. <laughs> Give it to Dame. <laughs> I agree. Give it to yeah. Dame. Um, so the All-Star game, so it's it's coming up. It's not this coming. This coming weekend is the Super Bowl, and then the following weekend is the All-Star game. So it's it's coming up here pretty quick. Um, mm. and that'll be that'll be kind of fun. Have you ever been to an All-Star weekend? Yeah, tons, tons. Yeah. It's always been a um a weird weekend if your father is a, a legend. <laughs> right. Because instead of like enjoying the festivities, you're running around with him while he does his errands. Cause it, you know, we always think of all-star as like fun, you know, right. celebratory and to the legends and the other players, it's work. Yeah. So they like my father would have to go to appearances. You got the legends brunch, you got media, you got signings you got to go to. So my father actually does not, you know, he's, he's not a big fan of going a lot of years because he's like, this is such a headache. And I'm just like, yeah, dad, let's go, <laughs> go check it out. So it's so, fun. it's so funny. Cause you know, just from the things that, that I've learned about your dad from, from talking to you and, and him, it, he's such a unique uh, kind of player, I think, in this situation, because he does, I mean, he's obviously very nice and friendly and warm with fans, but he also is not somebody who is big on attention on him, I don't think. Um, and, and at least in that sense of it. So it, it's kind of interesting to, to see when was the last time you went to one? Do you remember? Last time I went had to be Orlando. When was that? Yeah, I think. Maybe 2016. Okay, so not too Orlando? long ago. Yes, yeah, so something know. like that. No, not, yeah, something like Somewhere that. Somewhere around there. Yeah, and because I, I was still playing in college. Okay. So, but you were an adult. Yeah, I was an adult, adult, and Kendrick Lamar performed at halftime. Well, that's it was cool. really cool. Me, my sister, um, my father, we were sitting front row. It was It was really cool. Yeah. And I think that just drained. He was like, no, after that, no. <laughs> but my sister, my sister, she goes to All-Star. She went last last season. Uh, I think she might go this season. I yeah. might tag along. So we'll yeah. see. This, this is my goal for next year. Next year, my goal is to go because I've never been. And mm. so this is this is a goal of mine. I would like to work. I would like to shoot something there. But mm. even if I don't shoot, it's my goal to to go next next season. We'll see. Mm. We'll see. But that's cool. That's really interesting. I know that there's a lot, and I don't know if it was the same way when your dad was playing, because your dad was in All Star Games. How many games was yeah. All Star Games with he? And do you know? A lot. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, same energy. People are going crazy. The city shuts down. Um, that's what I was gonna say because I know now there's a lot of like events and parties and mm -hmm. get together and things like that. Where where has it always been that way? Yeah, but I think back then it was the players would really they would lace up and they would really play yeah they were, you know no one was like all right i'm gonna right. let you do your fancy right, dunk right, and right. i'm gonna go down and you're gonna let me score <laughs> right it was it was everyone geared up and was like hey yeah we're gonna have ourselves a game you yeah know, pride is on the line <laughs> so i think yeah. that's the difference now now the all-star game is like you know friends get together and play yeah a casual it's like a pickup, pickup game. game yeah, yeah. it's it's interesting because the all-star game always irritates me leading up to it because 
it's to me it's a fan favorite game like you, mm-hmm. you this is just the fans voting on. i think we talked about this before like i wish they'd just call it that and especially because of how like you said like they're not playing competitive basketball they're it's yeah, kind yeah. of a a showcase slash pickup game between buddies which is mm-hmm. fun like i like seeing them play like that i think it's really fun they seem to have fun and you don't worry so much about the injuries happening and things like that um mm-hmm. as you would if it was like a super competitive game um but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. It's in in Utah, so yeah, that's, that's coming up. To me, I think nowadays what a lot of players use the All Star Game as is a test to see, like, okay, if there's a trade and we get this player, what's it going to be like? Or if you're a captain, that's your way of telling your team who you want to play with, yeah, by yeah. who you draft, because now yeah. they they draft the players. And for the record, every opportunity he's had, LeBron James has picked Damian Lillard first. Oh, yeah. I bet every he single has. season. <laughs> every single year. Um, so LeBron James to Portland is what I'm hearing then, I think. <laughs> um, speaking of which, the trade deadline is quickly approaching. Uh, we're Like I said, we're recording this on Tuesday, so it'll go up probably either tonight or tomorrow. Um, so if you're listening to this early, the trade deadline has not come, but if you listen to this anytime after Thursday, the trade deadline will be, will be done with, uh, we will know what's going to happen. We will know the fate of our team. Um, but as of now, things are kind of still up in the air and, and there's been a lot of rumors. Um, the, the biggest one that I've heard is... This one right here, the this comes from uh, unbiased NBA fans, and the tweet is: the Utah Jazz are very likely to trade Jared Vanderbilt before the trade deadline, per TJ Jones on the NBA. The Jazz have multiple offers lined up for him. "Quote: The Jazz have an offer for Vanderbilt from a Western Conference team that would net them multiple second round picks." End quote. Uh, I know a team like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a, a lot of rumors connecting Jared Vanderbilt with um, the Trailblazers. I've heard, you know, that Dame wants to play with him. Um, so I would not be surprised to see um, to see this happen. I would think that, I mean, the rumors, again, that I've been hearing are that Nasir Little, I've, I've heard his name be thrown out there with, with picks like that said. Um It'll be interesting to see. I, I, you know, I mean, just because they want to do a deal doesn't always mean that they will. Um, yeah. But and we'll, we'll see. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. I know a lot of players are dreading, you know, the trade deadline because a lot of players are going to have to, you know, pick up and move somewhere or might go into a situation that might not work out for them. Um, and then a lot of players are are eager for the trade deadline because they finally can go to a new place and get it a fresh start. So it's kind of, it's a mixed feeling all across the NBA, but I think the trailblazers, right. I'm pretty confident that they're going to make a move that doesn't completely disappoint everyone. I think it, they, they're trying to be competitive. I don't think they're trying to tank. It's just not in the spirit of them. So I'm interested in, in seeing what they do. I agree. I I think they'll also make a move. We've also heard, we talked about this briefly last week, but we've also heard Josh Hart and Yusuf Nurkic as names that are being thrown around as possible 
pieces to trade. Um, so I, I, and, and I also, for the record, have heard that Anthony Simons is an absolute no-go that they will not be looking to trade him. Um, so I, I think that, you know, that's interesting to, to kind of keep an eye on and see what they, what they'll do. But I agree. I think they're going to try to make something happen. Um, you know, there's, there's stuff happening. There haven't been a ton of like really big things, but obviously the big one that everybody's been talking about is Kyrie Irving, who basically yeah. asked out of Brooklyn, which is not a common thing to do mid season. Like people ask yeah. out all the time and, you know, ask for trades, but it's not often mid season. Like that's, that's not a common yeah. thing to, to do. Yeah, I think the only other person who has recently done it in recent years was James Harden. <laughs> it was like, yeah. He was playing with Hughes and he was like, get me out of here. Yeah. And then, and then he actually got traded to one of the two teams he asked for. Yeah. Um, whereas Kyrie, I think the Nets were just trying to send him to yeah. literally whoever they wanted. What, they didn't yep. want it because yeah. I think Kyrie originally wanted to go to the Lakers. Yeah. And they were like, no. <laughs> well, and and <laughs> I, I heard that their GM purposely did not trade him to his first choice, uh, yeah. which is a level of petty that I can appreciate. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, all right, on one hand, yeah, I mean, the whole, like the Nets organization and Kyrie didn't get along in that sense, but he did, right. you know, he did take them to fourth place. Yeah. In the East, yeah. So. I it's mean, been he is, he is who we thought he was. It's been a roller coaster with Kyrie yeah. and the Nets. I mean, between like if you stop and look at the just the last year, year and a half of of Kyrie and the Nets, it has been a ride. And I think probably the Nets are glad to get off that ride. Um, I, I definitely think it's been wild. I uh, I think too like you have to look at that as he's saying listen if you don't trade me by the deadline i'm out at the end of the season and his yeah. contract was expiring i believe he would have been a free yeah, agent they, so, they wanted they didn't offer him the extension that he right, wanted right and he said in there like look who else you yeah, got i'm out i'm done <laughs> like, so who then, else you have I'm, right and, so yeah then the nets lose that um, trade piece. If, if he doesn't resign, you know, it, they're, they're not yeah. going to have a sign in trade obviously. So now they're in a situation where they obviously will then have more, you know, more funds to work more cap space, but they're going to lose an asset. So yeah. it makes sense for the nets, even though it's kind of a sucky situation because they're competitors right now, it makes yeah. sense for them to try to move him at the deadline, knowing that he's not going to be happy staying uh, and and some players not happy staying, you can get away with. I mean, we watched that happen back in the day where Kobe wanted to leave the Lakers and the Lakers yeah. were like, nope. And he <laughs> stayed and he continued to play. But you do that with Kyrie and it's going to have a different outcome. So, yeah, I think it was a good move for. The, for yeah, everybody. I think the thing I noticed with the Nets, though, is I noticed a lot of star players wanting to leave the Nets. And to me, that's always from a player standpoint, you always avoid those kinds of organizations where if you see a lot of good, you know, high profile names just leaving and asking to, to leave, like James yeah. Harden asked to leave. Um, Kevin Durant two times now has asked to leave. <laughs> he's, uh, he's another nope. <laughs> yeah. And that's why that that's the kind of stuff that kind of sticks with your organization. I think yeah. that's, that's the spot that's that the Rockets, point. the Rockets are in that spot too now where players are like, oh, stay away from there because they, you know, for whatever reason, players, star players asked to leave. Yeah. And 
I'm glad Portland is not one of those places. Yeah. No, the players. But seem to no really one has like come it. yet, though. Like no one, no one has come yet, though. The, the players in general that I've talked to in the league, everyone seems to really like Portland. Yeah. Um, yeah. and that that goes to just organization and yeah. and how you run it. Yeah. I think when players, you know, speak highly of it, and they, you know, you never hear anything terrible like that happening to the Trailblazers, right. where they're just like. Oh, I'm not playing or I'm not, right. Get me you out. know, nothing like that. I think yeah. that speaks volumes. Whereas the Nets, it's like, I don't know what they're doing, what they're feeding these people, what, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Something's going on. Something's whatever going it is, on. change it. Cause I mean, the Nets right. at that rate, you'll never, <laughs> you'll, you'll never live up to what you were trying to get to. Which actually also brings us to Katie. We got to talk about Kevin Durant because oh, yeah. he's asked out before. Now it. Kyrie's <laughs> out. You know, they, they, he's got to be ready to go. Mm. Um, lots of rumors surrounding him. Was, I saw a tweet. I think it was Molly Morrison, uh, who is a great follow on Twitter. She, she's a, she was, um, do you know her story? This is another side. I'm going off on another tangent here. So Molly Morrison was a, I think she, I think she was 12 years old, a 12 year old girl who was a big basketball fan. And she started a, an account called made in Memphis, um, but she did it anonymously. So she hid behind an avatar. She never disclosed that she was a girl. She never disclosed that she was young. Um, and she grew the biggest fan account in Memphis. She grew it to like over, I, I want to say it was like over 10 15 that like she had thousands and thousands of followers on this account. Nobody had a clue. And when she turned 18, she announced, you know, who she was. And now she yeah. works in sports and she's a great follow. But I just I think that's such a cool story. Yeah, that's anyway. awesome. I mean, yeah, who, who doesn't love seeing somebody build something on their At 12 own? 12 years then, old. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, but it, it, this is the night of random tangents, apparently, that have to do with nothing with the Blazers. But anyway, she I saw her tweet something along the lines of, you know, um, that that the teams are pulling a is your friend single because Ky, Kyrie asked out and everybody's like, OK, but what about Kevin Durant? We want him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I think there's definitely talk about that. Now, listen, I was on the Kevin Durant to Portland boat last year when you know this was happening when he was there were rumors about him wanting to leave uh i would love to see kevin durant and damian lillard teamed up and i am not someone who often says blow it up trade the pieces do what you need to do but i gotta tell you if kevin durant was an option it would be really hard for me to fight for very many players to stay <laughs> like if, can you imagine yeah. i mean as much as i love these players i would root for them till i was hoarse on every team that they went to, even the Nets. But can you imagine getting to watch Kevin Durant and Damian Lillard play together? Yeah, well, he should have been a Blazer in the first place. I mean, I'm saying. I think it's it's one of those things where, like, you can get a bona fide superstar. And then Kevin Durant, mind you, is, you know, probably right now the best player in the world. I'd say if if not if not the best the second he's best. up there for sure he's definitely up there and he has been for a number of so years long. so yeah I think anytime you get a generational talent um, you take that you have to yeah you have to take that otherwise you're taking yeah yeah so I, I'm curious to see what he does um, I know for him he's not happy because he he everyone around him has said that okay you uh 
you can't do it on your own or you can't, you know, build a legacy of your own with your own team. He finally gets his own team and the organization is just like fumbling the bag with every star that's come through. Mm -hmm. It's like, cause they've had him. They've had him. You know, I, I saw um, Emmanuel Acho who typically doesn't talk so much about basketball, but he posted something about, um, you know, players, having like superstars having their superstar partner and going on and winning championships. And obviously like they also lose sometimes they don't, that's not always a a recipe for success, but Kevin Durant has had those he's had, you know, he's played with Steph. He's played with um, Kyrie. He's played with James Harden. He's played with, he's played with a lot of players. Um, And, and, but he hasn't played with Dane. Just saying. Yeah. And that's, we always wonder those matchups or those, those team ups. It's like we haven't really seen Damian Lillard with another superstar. No. And that's one of those things where you kind of – I don't think – very few Portland teams have ever had multiple superstars. No. No. I'm so, trying to think of any. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I during your dad's time, your dad ever... had Scottie Pippen for a while. But what? Actually, no, he, he – Scottie Pippen came after. He, my dad Oh, my dad oh that's true. Yeah, yeah. But he had – who who did – My dad had Terry Porter. Um, yeah, but Scottie Pippen had so – I'm trying – I get my years run together sometimes when I'm thinking back that far. But to, who did Scottie Pippen have? Did he play with Rashid? I think so, yeah. But I'm, I don't know if you could even call that, though, like a superstar. Uh, by then, pairing. I think Scottie Pippen had kind of he was kind of receded mm-hmm. into you know the latter end of his career. Yeah. So yeah, I don't think the Blazers have ever had two superstars on a team. No, I mean they've had some some very very good talent. Like again, when your dad was playing, like there were some really good. Yeah, like that that whole team was him. just yeah. it was. It was kind of in the same fashion where, like, okay, yeah, my father was the superstar, and then every player around him was a very, very Very good good role player. And really, it just made the the makeup of the team was just a winning formula. You had every player was brought something great to the table all all the way around. Uh, And Terry Porter was a big part of that. uh, You know, being one of those guards who can knock down the three and and play tough defense and and just fit in where he can. That's amazing yeah but yeah, yeah. i, I want to see damian lillard with another superstar and see what happens because yeah. everyone in the media every year they talk about oh dame to the lakers dame to whatever team and i'm like Why is- how about a, a superstar come to portland and find out i got excited and hit my mic and turned it off again <laughs> so- but yeah, yeah, I don't know why it's always Dame leaving. But yeah, it would be great. It would be great to have somebody come. I, and I think Kevin Durant would be a good one. So I don't know yeah. how realistic this is. Um, I, you know, back before we started this podcast, I had Chris Haynes on on another podcast I was on. And we talked about this a little bit. And it was, I think it was after the news had broken that Kevin Durant was not going to leave the Nets, but when we were talking, it sounded like maybe Portland wouldn't be the worst place for him. I don't know what conversations had happened there officially, but I don't know. I just keep, I just keep hope alive. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's definitely possible. I look at the the Nets. They don't have many assets that people want other than Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant is is the big fish, and you have like people like Ben Simmons, who right now is his value is just not not no. there. 
So I think Kevin Durant, if the Nets, the, you know, their championship aspirations are pretty much over at this point, unless Kevin Durant can, you know, pull a LeBron and take him to the finals. But I, yeah. I think even Kevin Durant is sitting there disappointed with how yeah. things went down. So well, and 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 you have to have a team that has things that can be offered. You know, who can who can take on Kevin Durant and give something yeah. that's worth that. Um, and I think Portland has those assets if if they. Yeah. You know, I mean, they'd have to really not put people off limits, um, which is mm. I hate that. And don't ask me who I would trade because I hate playing that game because I want Kevin Durant and all our current players. Um, and that's apparently against the rules. But <laughs> I think that, um, you know, I think that I think that they're in a position where Portland could put together a package that would be really good for the Nets. And I think that Kevin Durant coming to Portland, I mean, there aren't a lot of teams that could take him on that would put him in a spot where he could legitimately compete for a title mm. right off the bat. And Dame, um, you know, and and the players that I guess would be left after making that kind of a trade, I, I think we have the pieces to to put around them, even with what we already have and what losing what we'd have to trade. I think we still could build a solid, you know, foundation there to to make a run for it. Yeah, it sounds like we're running away to make a run at it. <laughs> to make a... <laughs> we're not making a run for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Running away from eleventh place. Yeah, preferably towards first. <laughs> away from fifteenth. Hmm. Away from the Rockets and the Birds. Um, okay, so one more person we need to talk about is Nasir Little. Um, Nasir Little has not been playing a ton. And uh, this is really confusing, I think, for a lot of Portland fans because Nasir's great and he's been such a, an asset for us, but he's been sitting. And yeah, I, I think with his game, I mean, he's a, he's a knockdown shooter. Um, you know, very very consistently, you know, on offense, you know, is, is a pretty consistent threat from the perimeter and he's a solid body. I think if there's anything I've been noticing kind of watching these Portland games is, is every now and then there will be these defensive breakdowns, these, these kind of, you know, little, little miss, you know, rotations. And I think that's where, you know, Chauncey Billups is, is one of those coaches who I've noticed with a lot of the players, his minutes are entirely based on, you know, who's rotating on defense, what's working defensively at the time. And he kind of switches players in and out based on who's defending the best at the time. Because, I mean, Portland has so many good role players. So I think that's that's one thing I've noticed. But I'm interested to see what Chauncey says. Yeah, so we have a video, um, and Danny Meringue asked about this. He asked what was going on with this at the end of the last game. And so I want to play this. Adam hasn't seen this, so we're going to get his real-time reaction here. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Really show it. What does he have to do to get on the floor a little bit more? Um, I mean, he just got to kind of be consistent. You know, um, Nas is a guy who we all know can really shoot it, you know. Um, he's been very inconsistent, and when he came back, he was obviously making shots, you know, and things I talk with Nas about is just so many missed assignments defensively. 
And I just always have felt like when you're a reserve and when you're coming off of the bench, you, your, your margin of error is really small. You know, you got to kind of do most things right, you know, um, and that's the only way you earn more and earn more, you know, because you are a reserve. And some nights, you know, Nas does a really good job, and some nights he struggles. It just, uh, it just is what it is. Nas is still a very young player. But, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's not always, even for all of our younger guys, it's not the shot making that's always going to keep you on the floor. Um, it's all the other things. All right, give me your, give me your thoughts here. Yeah, kind of exactly what I what I thought. I mean, when you're when you're playing on a roster with so many role players, um, everyone, every, all of which can can score the ball. I mean, you got Shaden, you got yeah, GP too. You got you know this year you get Justice Winslow when healthy. I mean, you have so many role players that you kind of have to do the little things. And Nasir is a, is a three-point threat. Everyone knows it. Um, but in terms of coaching, it's you, you, you're only playing a certain amount of minutes, and the one thing that coaches want from their you know, reserve is to not hurt the lead that the starters have made or, or to keep the game at the same rate that it, that it was when the starters come out. So – and little defensive mistakes, little slip ups, little miscommunications, things like that can really impact your minutes if you're, you know, a role player or you know, not starting on a team because the coach is sitting there every every time the other team scores and you don't have your starters in, your coach is having a mini heart attack. Like, I gotta put one of you guys back in. So I think with him, I'm not worried. Um he's he's young he's, he's not you know he's not 30 years old he's, he's a young guy and he's he's got time to kind of learn the nba system and, and get comfortable with it and eventually it becomes second nature yeah i think the thing that's frustrating for me is it's like literally everybody other than damian lillard is struggling with these things and so why is it why is it nasir that's being pulled off and i also think too like there's a sense in which you have a guy like so I'm just going to stop and give it just be let, like, let, cause I'm over here. Like if you're not watching on YouTube, you're missing this, but I'm over here like motioning. I put like shushed for a second. And Adam, I think Adam thought I was talking to him. I I'm a single parent. And I, have three, I have three little kids that I put to bed before we record this. And as we're recording, my son came, woke up and decided he needed to come sleep in my room. So I'm over here like, controlling air traffic trying to silently get him to lay down and be quiet while I'm recording and then he finally lays down and is quiet and starts coughing in the middle so I apologize for the background noise and all the chaos that's going on um okay back to Nasir so you you have Nasir Little who is you know it, it's I think it's frustrating for me to watch this happen because it's like everybody's missing defensive assignments like our defense is struggling right now across the board. Um, and, and you're not pulling all those guys out. And like, you have a guy like Shaden Sharp, who's a, a rookie and you're not pulling him out when he's making mistakes. Like mm -hmm. I just, I think it's, I, I, I hear what he's saying, but it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, so I hope, and also 
Adam, I want your insight on this as a player, because I think, again, this is one of the things that's really cool about this is you have some unique insight. But I see this interview, and all I can think is, if I'm Nasir, I'm kind of pissed that my coach just threw me under the bus to the media. Um, And I don't know if that's a – I feel like that's not super common. I feel like coaches tend to be – like, they tend to put a positive spin on it at least. Um, But this felt very – and we've seen Chauncey do this with players – and I, I know the whole thing is accountability, and I get that. But I also feel like you're, like, throwing these guys to the wolves in a sense. Um, so talk to me about that a little bit because I feel like your perspective on this is going to be different. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to coaching styles. Um, some players resonate with that. Um, a lot don't. Um, I know me personally, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of coaches who never, you know, those are conversations you kind of have privately and you don't have with the media. Um, The media, it's their job to speculate. It's not your job to, you know, reassure their speculations. I mean, in in those kind of regards, because that kind of, that kind of gives fans who are watching it, like that kind of puts a connotation on that player. Like, Oh, he's messing up. Right. Right. And, and, it could be something little like, you know, it's a learning basketball is a learning process, just like any other job. I mean, sometimes you make mistakes at your job and, you know, your boss chews you out and that's not fun. So, I mean, right. this is like your boss goes on, on, you know, national television and, you know, discusses how you know, a mistake you made. It's not, yeah. not particularly fun. Some coaches do it and some coaches, you know, if, if your coach does it to everybody, you know, all down the line, starters, bench, whatever, then okay, that's fair. But I, I mean, to me, I don't like it when coaches only pick certain players to do that to. Yeah. Because then you're just, you know, that, that kind of gives the connotation that you're afraid to talk about the starters or mistakes that other people have made because I right. mean, they're, they're role players. They're not playing the entire game. The game yeah. is, usually decided by the starters right so if you're gonna talk in detail about anybody talk about the starters and for a guy like i mean i know obviously he was asked directly about nasir but like for a guy like nasir too if he's if he's playing playing, i'm gonna start fake coughing so it sounds like it's me um if he if he's playing three minutes what are you gonna like? What, what do you even have to compare to there? Like, if he's getting that little playing time, how how are you gonna make? I don't know. This just this rubs me the wrong way. There, he, yeah, I, I think it's a tough I, place it, to be in because I think on the other hand, if Nasir, like, it could be something as simple as having a great practice, and then all of a sudden he's you know his minutes increase to where like the coaches just get a you know get some confidence from watching you right. understanding something that they might not have confidence in you doing. And that's kind of how yeah. the sport goes. People kind of go through periods where they like, okay, I trust this player to do this. I trust this player to not do this. And it kind of happens during the season. I think it's more just how it was handled. Cause I think, mm-hmm. I, I think about what you're saying. Like to me, if I'm at, if I'm at work and I'm doing something, I'm not doing my job right. Or I'm like making a mistake and it's not ill will. Obviously Nasir is not doing anything purposely. He's not, you know, not being where he's supposed to be on purpose. Like the guy wants to win as much as yeah. anybody else. Um, but if I'm at work 
like I'm making a mistake and my boss has to pull me aside and correct my mistake. Like maybe don't do it in front of the whole company or in front of like whatever, you know, like you said, deal with that behind closed doors, deal with that individually, whatever. I think to have something like that put out there just feels so it's, it's, I struggle with that. So I, I, I've seen that this is how he does things. You know, he came in preaching accountability and, and, and so we've heard that, but like, Cool. this one was tough. This was tough for me. I don't love yeah. this. I, I think like it, it all comes down to how Nasir kind of kind of would interpret that. I mean, on one hand, yeah, th- these are conversations that yeah. he's probably had with his coach all throughout the season. Yeah. Um, and Chauncey's probably just, I mean, it, I, it's not like he went in on him per se. I think he just no. kind of said, like, they asked him a question and right. he gave the, the actual answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, he, didn't, he didn't have to, but you can appreciate the honesty, yeah. I guess. But at the same time, like that's like if somebody asks me something about my kid that I don't feel like is an appropriate speaking of which, which I don't feel is like an appropriate thing to respond to, then like I'm not going to. And I think you yeah. can also say like, hey, you know, this is this is the kind of stuff we deal with as a team, you know, when he's yeah. ready to play, he'll play. And I think he he did praise him offensively. I mean, it's it's not like he shortchanged him. I mean he said Nasir is, you know, he's a three point threat. He's a, he's, he's solid. And it just really comes down to, you know, as a reserve, those, those few defensive lapses or anything like that or inconsistency on defense. And that's really all it comes down to, but I, I don't expect this to stick. I, I for no, sure I think either. that I expect to see Nasir out there getting more minutes throughout the season. Or on just the same the- thing with Shaden. I think Shaden, yeah. you know, a, a month ago was having, his minutes dip severely and yeah. now he's right back to, to yeah. playing, you know, good, yeah. good minutes. So it just happens during the season, but it's, it's always weird to talk about. It is. I think that's the that. thing. I think that's we, I don't think we should know those things. We right. should just. <laughs> Something should just yeah. close doors. Hmm. Oh man. Well, is there anything else you want to, you want to talk about? Uh, no, that's all. I can't, uh, I guess this is our last episode before the trade deadline so let's keep our fingers crossed and you know just something's gonna hope that the blazers can uh be the number one team in the west yeah can get better (laughs) evan durant yeah man i'll tell you what that would be something that would be something we we can hope hope (laughs) we can hope (laughs) <laughs> can we hope that we keep that we get Kevin Durant and keep and keep every other up? player? Yeah, we can hope that we can hope for everything. I mean, if we don't, if if somehow we manage to snag Kevin Durant and we send half our team to the Brooklyn Nets, then I might have to be a halfway Brooklyn Nets fan for the rest of the season because I would miss every single one of these guys yeah. on the team. Yeah, I hope we get Kevin Durant. I hope we get Giannis. I hope we get LeBron. <laughs> Yeah, and, I mean, and, if we're if we're making clone day, and we get two of right, him, right? Yeah, help that, all of these. That teams. would be quite a team. That, be, <laughs> that that's that right there is the definition of a team with way too many superstars that don't mesh well together. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, it'll it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Um, you know, as always, we we appreciate you listening. Um, we're we're grateful for for this podcast and this opportunity to get to talk about basketball. Make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel, our podcast feed, so you don't miss out when we um, post. 
we post the podcast because right now it's a little spotty. Uh, it's not always going out on the same day. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out. Um, thank you for listening to Shooting Hoops and hopefully we will be back with you next week. You're listening to Shooting Hoops with your hosts, Dia Miller and Adam Drexler.